Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Like I always say, thank you so much for tuning in and for your support. It has been overwhelmingly great. I love you guys, and I just I wish I could you know give each one of you a hug and just tell you thank you. So just know that I really do appreciate it. I'd love to give a shout out to our sponsors, uh, Siegfried and Jensen, Wasatch Recovery, I Hill Institute. Veracity Networks, and Living Recoveries Interventions. Uh, you guys are fantastic. Thank you for supporting me. And uh, it's an honor to have you guys as part of the team. So, And uh, today's going to be a great day. We have a, um, a guest. I typically, you know, this is probably one of the, not the youngest, but I've had some really young people on here, but you're probably close to one of the youngest. Uh, you are, uh, your name is Smith Alley. Right, which is a we were talking about this earlier. It's what a cool name. Yeah, yeah. yeah? It, it's it's definitely unique. Yeah. And you are currently a senior at Bountiful High School. Mm-hmm. Um, how old are you? Seventeen. I'm eighteen. 18? I, I just barely turned eighteen. Just turned eighteen. Yeah. All right. Well, um, you're doing some great things, by the way, um, and at such a young age, which is really cool. But you've also had some really tough struggles. So I'm gonna give a little background on Smith. Um, like we said, he's eighteen years old. Uh, he goes to Bountiful High School. He's a senior. Uh, when he uh, was younger, he was exposed to pornography and he struggled with it for five years as well as the harmful effects that social media had on his mental health, which we're going to get into. He's got a, an amazing story. But because of those struggles, he decided to change the course of his life and he fell in love with helping other people and he started a company called Protect. Is that how you say it? Protect Strong, yeah. Protect Strong. And uh, that way you can reach, you know, try to reach as many people as you can. And if correct me if I'm wrong too, if it's a it's a company where you'll go into someone's home and actually counsel them and show them certain ways that they can do to help protect their family. Is that correct? Yeah. So I I saw a huge a huge gap where my parents' generation they grew up not knowing what the digital world and the digital right. era was, and now they are the only the only parenting generation that will have to parent kids who know only only the digital era. Right. And so I started by doing these in-home consultations. We're now working to go virtual just so we can reach more people. Right. Um, and so I I recorded a po- uh, a virtual workshop with Colin Karchner, who was oh, yeah. who was big here but the late Colin yeah, Karchner, b- yeah. before he passed away. Yeah. Um so it's now going uh more virtual and then I also recently founded a nonprofit called the Live Life Bigger Foundation. Yeah, and that's cool. And and you do your own podcast, and you're doing all these great things as he's such a young kid, Thank and you. I love it. And I'm really impressed with the way you live your life. Um, what I'd like to start off is just tell us a little bit about. I mean, again, I know you're still young, but tell us a little bit about your childhood and where you grew up. Yeah, so um, I was born in Salt Lake City, lived in Bountiful my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, I have three sisters, so I, I say I'm on Team Estrogen, <laughs> and I thought about making T-shirts. So, uh, should, yeah. <laughs> I have two older sisters and one younger. My two older sisters are married now. Um, one has a, a daughter, so I have the most adorable nine-month-old niece oh, ever. that's awesome. And then I have a little sister who's um, my best friend, and we like to spend time together. Amazing parents. My dad um, 
was in the army when he was okay. younger and then uh he was also he went through uh, addiction with you know being an alcoholic and substance mm -hmm. abuse and then okay. um got into the army cleaned up met my mom my mom's name is sally alley so that's not sally a joke alley. sally <laughs> alley so we definitely have some unique names in the family yeah. um grew up in bountiful uh fairly regular childhood you know i'm a christian go to church mm -hmm. went to school always been a pretty good student uh get yeah. good grades play sports so i'd say like just yeah. your your regular childhood yeah, yeah. are you I mean, you obviously come across as a very confident person right now. And, you know, the stuff that I've looked up on you, you're very confident. Have you always been that kind of a kid where you're just kind of a go-getter confident kid? Yeah, I've definitely always been charismatic. And, you know, I've always been good at, like, talking to adults. Um, <laughs> when I was little, my parents, like, by the time we were six, they'd make us order our own food at restaurants. And my, my mom and my dad, they're both foodies. And so we okay. loved, like... Thai restaurants and oh, yeah. Mexican restaurants and we we eat everywhere like Ethiopian food we love Ethiopian food and so we'd go to these restaurants and I'm just some little five six-year-old kid ordering right. for myself and That's the, amazing. the waiters all all confused so yeah <laughs> I've, I've always been pretty confident I think of course like most people I've always had um, doubt and I think especially in my childhood I was really good at masking uh, my confidence and and putting up fake confidence but I have always been able like to, t to talk really easily to people and, yeah. um, you know, that charisma. So, yeah, well, and I think that's kind of rare and I don't mean that, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, you know, kids nowadays are so ingrained in their social media that I think they have a hard time actually talking and communicating. Do you see that at all with what you've been, you know? Yeah. I mean, social media has had a huge effect on, on our and my generation and especially with the combination of the, the COVID lockdown and social media, yeah. it's having a huge effect. In fact, I was just in Cedar City yesterday. Um, I presented six times in 24 hours to over 3,500 people. And I, love it. I was talking to the middle school. And so I usually do uh -huh. this thing because there was a study by Dr. Christy Kane um, that says that humans need eight hugs that last eight seconds a day. for Colin yeah. kind of. Yeah, the, the, it was kind of Collins thing. And yep. so you need that for mental and emotional survival. And I was at this this middle school and usually during my presentation, I have everybody stand up and give their friend an eight second hug. But sh the, the principal was like, we're going to ask you to cut that out because with the COVID lockdown, these yeah. fourth graders that, you know, they're in fourth grade and they get shut down. So they're doing fourth grade from home, fifth grade completely in masks. And then they go to a new school in sixth grade. And, you know, they're on that whole wow. time. They're just consumed in social media yeah. because they're yeah. at home. They don't have anything else to do. Well, so much and downtime. That yeah. sexualized content, like their sixth graders, they're having a huge problem with like inappropriate touching and stuff like that. So I think it's had a huge effect on that. I think it has a huge effect on like kids get so used to hiding behind a screen yeah. that when they're face to face with someone, they don't know what to do. Yeah. And so there's definitely been some big effects like wow. that. We are obviously built very well versed on this, and I can't wait to get more into that. Um, but you also, I mean, I think the reason why you are so passionate about helping others, which we mentioned, is you've had your own struggles. Mm -hmm. 
you know, you, you had, you know, you struggled with pornography for five years. Obviously, uh, social media had a very strong, maybe negative impact on your own mental health. Yeah. So let's talk about it. Share your story with us. Tell us kind of what happened and, and maybe what you went through and how you got past it and why you're doing what you're doing now. Yeah, for sure. Um, so like I said, grew up fairly normal family. Um, mm-hmm. I've always been a good student. So me and my, my siblings, we went to a charter school called Wasatch Peak Academy um, in North Salt Lake. And so grew up grew up going to that charter school and I like to I like to talk about it like and relate it to paper cuts so we all not all of us have had a broken bone not all of us have had stitches but we all get paper cuts right yeah and so my very first paper cut happened in first grade the Mm -hmm. first day of first grade I walk in and I'm feeling confident and as far as I can remember (laughs) like kindergarten was good yeah and like in kindergarten there was this girl that I liked and she liked me and so like we went to the zoo one time in kindergarten. So like, as far as I can remember, I love school. Yeah, right. And yeah. <laughs> so I go into the first day of first grade and my teacher's name is Miss Rooney. And I walk in and I'm at the yellow table with my friend Jackson, who I grew up with. So already like good seating chart. Yeah. And this other girl named Ellie in class starts and Miss Rooney says that we're going to introduce ourselves one by one. And so people start standing up and just saying their name. Yeah. And it comes to be my turn and I get a little nervous and my legs start to shake a little bit. (laughs) And I had a stutter when I was little. Okay. And so I go, my name's Smith. And I'm like super angry and I'm like, dang it, that was the one chance that I had to impress all of these people. And so I sit down and a girl from the red table turns around and says, why can't you talk right? And that was the very first day that I got my very first paper cut. Yeah. And so these are like paper cuts that we get in our hearts, not on our fingers. And yeah. I vividly remember like over the years, I, I received a lot of those paper cuts. And when you don't heal from those and when you don't deal with those, when you don't put a Band-Aid on, right. then you have a wound that just keeps on bleeding. And so that happened in that day. I kind of bought into the core belief that I wasn't enough and I was never going to be enough to mm-hmm. uh, make my parents proud. And I was never going to be enough to um, have good friends that cared about me and that I wasn't worthy of love. And you know, that I was just kind of subpar to everybody else. Right. And so life went on. I put on this, like I said, I was a great actor and I put on up this facade that I was okay when inside I, I felt like a fraud in my own skin. And so then in when I was nine years old, I got exposed to pornography because my parents had gotten me this Android tablet for Christmas. And by the way, like a little backstory, my parents yeah. were kind of the, the know-all in the neighborhood for th- these kind of things. And like other moms would come to my mom to get to talk about what they should do with their technology. And my mom thought she had all of her bases covered, right. which again is was my inspiration for starting this company because as a kid who spent five years getting around all of those things, yeah. uh, you know, I call myself <laughs> a little tech ninja. I've now reversed that to help other parents keep their kids safe. But love that. Um, you know, I get exposed to pornography and we had had all, again, my parents were like fairly proactive with all of this. we had had all the conversations. And so I'm thinking back to these conversations and remembering what they had told me. And they're like, okay, when you get exposed to pornography, turn it off and tell an adult turn it off and tell an adult. So I'm thinking about that and I turn it off and immediately I think back to that day in first grade when I felt like I wasn't enough and I didn't want to disappoint my parents. Mm. And even though it wasn't my fault, you know, I was just on the internet, clicked on something. I didn't know what it was and I was exposed to pornography. Even though it wasn't my fault, I still felt like uh, they'd look at me differently. I still felt like I'd disappoint them. And so 
you know that, that I was gonna say yeah. I think that's pretty common where you know kids come across it on accident like just very innocently mm-hmm. but there's this feeling of shame around it all of a sudden like oh you know I didn't mean to or and then you do I think I've hear this a lot from kids that I've worked with and they'll say exactly what you just said they, they started feeling like that shame again or, or in other words I'm not good enough yeah and that's that's one of my big um, motivations for doing this is mm-hmm. if you can prevent innocent exposures, you can prevent you know a, a majority of of yeah. cases and of kids that go down that path. Yeah, um, right. And so anyway, life goes on, um, and about six months to a year later, it creeps back into my life as a. Uh, as a fix to everything that I was feeling and dealing yeah, with uh-huh. and it just became my drug. And then I got social media when I was 10 and a half and I get on there and I'm comparing my life, which felt very boring to everybody else's highlights of them on vacation Even and hanging out 10. with friends. Yeah. And wow. So then there's that. And then there's the fact that, you know, I get on and I see these guys with washboard abs and that wasn't me. I was a little chubby kid. Um, and <laughs> yeah. so I, I just started to hate the situation I was in. I started to hate my body. And you're 10. Yeah. Like, I mean, I want my listeners to hear he's 10 years old. He's looking at social media and you're having these thoughts of you didn't like who you were. Mm-hmm. And wow. this is, you know, this is very common nowadays. And that's what, yeah. you know, what parents don't realize, you know, no parent wraps up a new iPhone under the tree for Christmas and says, I really hope that my daughter develops an eating disorder because of this, or I really hope that my son becomes depressed because of this. Like no parent thinks that, but that's what you're doing. And in fact, just recently there was a, there was a 10 year old girl, um, in my community who, who took her life. She was 10 years old. Wow. And I was talking to my mom about this and my mom was like, I I didn't even know what suicide was when, when I was 10. That's yeah. what my mom was saying. Like this older generation, you weren't thinking about those things because you didn't have access to the whole yeah, world. You in didn't your pocket. know that. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I mean, when I was ten, I mean, I'm out throwing a tennis ball against the garage door. Yeah, I mean, that's all I knew. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So that happens. I begin to have kind of that spiral of um, those thoughts, just hating myself, continuing to numb out, not only with pornography but with social media and with video games and yeah. just everything I do every, everything I did day to day was to not feel um and I spent about 4 to 5 years feeling like that how, real quick how much time do you think you were spending on social media on a daily basis back then um I was probably spending two and a half hours on social media and then another three and a half to four on video games on video game wow and so and again like my parents were proactive so they tried to limit that stuff Mm -hmm. and also like again i was a good student so i was a good student because i (laughs) i was trying to put up the mask and because if my parents like saw that i was doing well in school then they'd kind of get off my back so i'd like i'd wake up in the morning get on social media watch porn before i went to school go to school come home watch porn do my homework so that my mom didn't get mad at me then play video right. games and get on social media a little bit, have dinner with my family, leave the dinner table early to watch porn, play video games, go to bed. And it yeah, just wow. like, I vividly remember, I, I can't remember a time of just like having, uh, having, um, a prominent feeling. 
You know, when you yeah. when you think back on your life and you can pick a time where like, oh, I felt happy in that time or right. I felt sad in that time. I didn't have either. It was just kind of all numb. And so, you know, life keeps going like that. And like I said, growing up as a Christian, um, I felt like because of what I was involved with, I was going to go to hell. And in eighth grade, I decided if I'm going to go to hell, I might as well make it quick. So in eighth grade in my shop class, I, I decided I was going to kill myself. Really? And um, wow. then actually someone you probably know, Rob Eastman, mm-hmm. he, he came to my eighth grade health class. And with him um, and with a, a foundation called Fight the New Drug, I decided that. Yeah. Clay, my, Clay yeah. Olson. I yeah, Clay, I love Clay. Clay's the best. And so I decided that my life was worth living. I decided that if if Rob could do it, I could do it too. Um, fight the new drug helped me realize that I wasn't a bad kid. I was a good kid wrapped up in bad stuff. And then, um, you know, I decided my life was worth living, but I kind of stuck with my old ways and, you know, still end of eighth grade, 14 years old, found myself severely depressed and dealing with anxiety, still consuming a stupid amount of porn. Um, and I was just, I kept putting on these masks and, there were signs that I wasn't okay, but they were very small. And I was really good at faking who I was. I was really good at, right. you know, putting on that, that smile. Um, and then on April 23rd, 2018, well, before that, I'd gotten into a lot of trouble. And on April 23rd, 2018, um, my parents checked me out of school. And um, I'd gotten into a little bit of trouble with the law. And that day was just a blow-up day. Yeah. And it was like, I, t- I told you, my dad was army. So he, he's a tough guy. Yeah. Very first day I saw him <laughs> cry. Um, and that night my mom comes down to me and she grabs my face and she says, Smith, I will fight for you, but you have to fight for yourself first. Mm-hmm. And so it was that, that moment where I decided that no matter what, no matter what my past had been, I was going to become the person that I wanted to be, yeah. that the path that I was on before wouldn't define me, that I would trek up a mountain to, to change where I was going. So Based on your mom grabbing you and saying that. Yeah, just just realizing that, you know, it was so genuine and I could really see that like she was ready to do anything for me. Yeah. Wow. Well, and, and again, Clay with Fight the New Drug and then Rob with what he does. I mean, they're both amazing mm-hmm. people and it's great that their programs and what they do had that impact on you in eighth grade yeah. where you're like, you know what, my wife, my life's worth living and... And I'm not a bad person because I've struggled with this. Yeah. I think that's a good message for everyone listening right now. Like if you're struggling with this, doesn't mean you're a bad person, right? Yeah. I think, I think everything that we, like we as humans are just neutral. And I think we err on the side. We're good people. We all have good intentions. We all want the best for, for people. Yeah. Mostly, but we all struggle with things. And so like doing something bad doesn't make you a bad person. And I like to think about it, um, especially now, like I always ask myself, did I take a step forward or a step back? And it's okay to take a step back as long as I'm facing forward um, Mm. and deciding like where I want to go. Right. And it's okay to take a step back if if you're facing forward. It's not okay to be facing backwards. And so that's what I've decided is like the only thing that matters is is the desires of my heart. It's my intention. um, And that's what I've tried to focus on. Wow. Very well said, uh, Smith. Um, so you have this moment with your mom. She grabs you and said, you better fight for yourself. I'll fight for you, but you need to as well. Mm-hmm. 
And that's when you kind of decided, I, I'm going to be the person I know I can be and should be. So talk about that. What did you start doing and, and what helped you kind of get past this pornography issue? And, and then maybe also touch base on like the, the maybe how social media really affected your mental health. Right. Yeah. So that day I handed my parents, in fact, this again goes to show how proactive my parents were. They <laughs> thought if we ha- only had an iPod and they could have filters on the Wi-Fi that we were on, that it would keep us safe. So I handed them my iPod and I was like, I don't want this anymore. Um, I got a slide phone. And so <laughs> I started to use that. Um, <laughs> I love it. I, I joined a recovery group. Um, okay. Got a therapist. Just started talking about my mental health. Uh-huh. And, you know, started when I was taking out these bad habits that I'd I'd fell into. I just started replacing them with good habits. I started this journaling technique called manpower, um, just trying to better myself. But most importantly, it was like, especially with how deep I felt like I had gone, it was like a life or death fight for me. And it was like, this is either going to take everything that I've ever wanted and I'm going to end up in prison or dead if if I don't solve this or I'm, or I'm going to become the person who I want to be. And so I was just kind of like all in. And (laughs) I remembered like, that summer especially i was working at chick-fil-a i'd gotten a job at 14 um downtown in city creek and i was working like 50 to 60 hours a week as a 14 year old like just putting a ton of hours in there and i'd come home and i'd like feel that temptation that urge to you know you're stressed and yeah to go back and I was just like a machine. It was like I'd drop down and I'd do 50 push-ups right there. <laughs> and then I'd like run, go on a huge run. And then even some nights, I'd, I'd get that same that same temptation, that same urge. And I'd go and into my parents' room and it's like 1230 at night. And I'd be like, I, I just I just need to sit here. Like, go ahead and go to sleep. I just need to sit here with, in a room with someone else. Um, and I'd sit up awake for you know, two to three hours until three or four in the morning just so that I could fight those things. And so it became just like this huge battle for me. Um, and then it, it was all worth it. And it all paid off when I, when I started helping people and it it was just small at first. I went to, I went to a summer camp, uh, Uh the summer before my 10th grade. (laughs) And I decided before, before I left, I was like, I'm going to share my story. I'm going to share my story this week because people you know, people need it. And kids my age, they're going through the same thing. And I know that. And so I'm going to share my story. And so I get to the summer camp and I'd gone with my friend Jackson, who I told you about. He was the same guy in first grade. Yeah. So I've grown up with him and <laughs> we go to the summer camp. And that night with the other four, four boys that we were dorming with, I just, I just talked about my story. And this kid named Landon, um, he comes up and he just starts crying because he had tried to take his life two weeks before. He'd been struggling with pornography. And so I spent mm. about two hours helping him lock down his phone. And we started hanging out every week after summer camp. Uh, I'd drive an hour or he'd drive an hour really? to get to me. Wow. And like as I, just as I'd done where I'd kind of rebuilt my life and it had become a full-on battle for me, he did the same thing. And as I watched him do that, like it filled my heart and I just, I loved it. And I loved that feeling. And so I just, I kept doing it like with my um, lacrosse team, lacrosse team, um, as a freshman, I played for Woods Cross High School. Okay. And they were not the best team. And so I was playing, <laughs> I was starting varsity as a freshman. And so I had a little bit of credit on the team. Sure, and yeah. one day at practice, I'm just talking about my my recovery group. 
and one of the juniors um he was like the best player on the team yeah. comes up to me and he says i don't know if what you're talking about is real but if it is i want in and so one day mm-hmm. after one of our games like five of my teammates came with me to my recovery group really um and it was just the same thing like yeah. i saw them regain everything that they had lost and it, it made me feel good that i had that i'd helped them do that wow well, again, so now you're sharing your story, which, again, takes a lot of confidence, a lot of vulnerability on your part. Because, you know, you know, back when I was growing up and even just even recently, talking about pornography was like, you don't talk about it. It's one of those things that you just keep under the wraps. Yeah. But for a kid as young as you, talking about it with your peers around you, I mean, were you ever worried that people might look at you differently or judge you? Or was that like you didn't care? You're like, you know what? I don't care. I'm sharing excuse me yeah i mean i was like scared to death um (laughs) especially when my parents found out about all this stuff i like asked them to kind of keep it under the radar especially with my sisters because i wanted to before i told them like i wanted to be somewhere on the path like i wanted to be on um on the come up and so it took me about uh, a month and a half to tell my oldest sister and then three months to tell my other sister and probably five to six months to tell my my littlest sister okay and so i was always really scared and then you know about a year later when i started talking about and talking to these other kids like it was all really scary and but i just decided you know especially believing in god and believing in Mm -hmm. satan even i believed excuse me i believe that Satan wants us to be alone and he wants us to be isolated. And so if I, if I did that and if I didn't share, like the battle was won. Right. And so I kind of got to the point where I'm like, I don't care. Every kid's dealing with this, you know, over 90% of boys, uh, 13 to 18 are, are viewing pornography consistently. And so I just decided that I'd start sharing and then I just love sharing and I never had a bad experience with it. I never, I never shared my story with someone and they were like disgusted by me, (laughs) you know, because everybody's struggling with, with something. Yeah. And then by that point and now it's just like, it's amazing that I took a struggle that I had when I was younger. And this is something that when I was 13, 14 years old, there is no amount of money that I wouldn't have paid to keep it a secret, right? Yeah, right. But now everybody wants to hear it. Yeah. And, um, you know, people go to great lengths to hear the story. So I think once I realized that, once I realized that, first of all, most of the time I'm not going to be judged because of it. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to be looked at as less because of it. And second of all, like if someone does that's their loss because I'm on my own journey. Yeah. And if you're not going to add to what I'm doing and if you're not going to, you know, fight and battle with me against the evils of the world. Yeah. Okay. You know? Right. Well, again, you're, you're very well-spoken. You're very confident. I love it. And I love how you, you're, and I would also say you're very mature. Thank you. The way you're looking at things, you know, and I, and again, that says a lot about you. And, I th- and now I know why so many people just love you. Thank you. Um, so you, you you do this, you change your life, you're, you're sharing your story, and obviously you want to take it to another level, right? Yeah. So you created this uh, company and this foundation or whatever. Let's talk about that and tell us, you know, yeah. what, about those things. So, I mean, even before that, um, yeah. when I was 16, 
or when I was coming up on 16, my, my parents said, if you want to get your driver's license, you have to be an Eagle Scout. <laughs> and so I'm like, I, and I told them this, I'm like, I don't want to paint a bench. I don't want to go plant trees. Um, that's not something I'm passionate about. I want to, you know, I want to do something I'm passionate about. And so they were like, okay, you, then you can drive when you're 18. And so I'm like, okay, I have to figure <laughs> out a way to get this Eagle Scout done so that I can drive. Um, but I want it to be something that I love. And so, um, November, 2019, uh, I put together a fireside, um, for my community talking about the harmful effects of social media and pornography. And I got my therapist to come and speak alongside me. Really? Um, and a funny story, like my dad beforehand, he, he didn't want me to be disappointed, of course, um, with how many people came. So he's like, Hey buddy, like, let's just set our expectations. And he's like, you know, I don't know if more than 50 people will come. So let's just like set our expectations. And I looked at him and I said, I will bet you lunch right now that over, over 200 people come. And so <laughs> we're, we're, we're like having this bet and uh-huh. the, the night begins and my dad's sitting at the door counting the people coming in and over 250 people showed up. That right night. On. And so I, I speak <laughs> I and I share my story with all these people for about 16 minutes is how long I spoke. And right. then my therapist stands up and speaks. And after that, um, one of the people that attended must have told someone that they knew. And I had a group called Citizens for Decency, um, which is a, a group out of Idaho, mm. um, contacted me. And they wanted me to be involved with an assembly that they were doing for um, Snake River High School. I think oh, it really? Was. <laughs> and so yeah, I'm, I'm preparing for that. And then COVID happens and everything, you know, goes down the toilet. And throughout this whole time, I was working at Chick-fil-A. I worked there for two and a half years. Mm. Um, when I was 16, they made me a manager there. So I'm working. At 16, and that's yeah, cool. Yeah, so then I am uh, I get to this point where COVID shuts everything down. And again, um, I've always been a, a pretty hard worker. And I'm working you know, 12-hour shifts every single day with the masks on. And I just kind of get fed up with it. And I've always loved um, business and I've always, you know, kind of had that entrepreneurial spirit. And so I wanted to, I wanted to start a company, but do something that I was again, passionate about and something that could help people. And so I started this company, I quit my job at Chick-fil-A and I started this company called Protect Strong, um, partnered with a few softwares and just started going into people's homes, helping them set this stuff up, having a conversation with the family about media guidelines and stuff like that, uh how to have a healthy relationship with social media and technology because obviously it's not going away. So we have to figure out how to live with it. Yeah. Right. Um, and so I started doing that and it's going a little bit slow, but still working on it, start making some good money. And then, um, you know, I, I, my mom and I had followed Colin Karchner for a long time. And so I reached out to him and I was just like, Hey, this is my story. This is where I've been. And this is what I'm trying to do so I can help people. Um, and I don't know how you can help me, but I know that you can help me. Yeah. And so he's like, Hey, do you want to come on my podcast? And so, um, (laughs) I go down and I'm on his podcast and it's awesome. When I met him, we just, it was like an instant connection and it was like an instant brotherhood and it just felt so easy and so electric with him. And so we do this podcast and he, he's like, I want you to come speak with me. And so I start following him around. You know, he'd do a fireside or a conference and he'd speak for 45 minutes and I'd speak for five. Um, 
And but, but still, you're yeah. with him, which is great. Yeah, and I'm learning from him, and you know, he's kind of offering me that mentorship. And then we um, recorded this video workshop together, um, and things start going and picking up, and I start traveling and doing consultations, go to Reno, um, go to San Diego doing these consultations and speaking. Um, and then Colin passed away. And it, it really hit me hard. And sure. for a long time, I, I didn't deal with it um, okay. emotionally. And I felt like, you know, I just had to keep pushing for him. Um, and so then I'm I'm still doing these consultations. Uh, I decide that I wanted to start a foundation and start speaking more. And so in January of 2021, I start the Live Life Bigger Foundation. Um, and things are just picking up. Um, obviously, his family was grieving. And... I get to this point in the summer where his wife was ready for me to come and get the footage for the workshop. And so I come and get the footage and I thought I'd lost it. And I, oh. so for so long I was working so hard and yeah. I was just pushing. So, cause I was like, if I can get this workshop out and if I can keep doing what I'm doing, I'll make Colin proud. And like, it'll all have been okay because, right. because I can help carry the torch. And so all of that, you know, those emotions. And then I thought I had lost the footage and I just have Man. like a complete burnout. Sure. Um, and it, that was that was really hard. That was really hard because I hadn't I hadn't given myself time to grieve his death and um, to mourn. And so I think that I think that after that point, you know, I kind of hit a bump in the road and um, got my neighbor involved who does IT work. And we were able to recover the footage and stuff like that. Thank but, goodness, right? Yeah. Yeah. But um, now uh, I travel across the country and speak to schools and youth groups and talk about the harmful effects of social media and pornography and talk about mental health and depression, anxiety, suicide. Um, sorry. And so um, it, I, it's been amazing. It's been so cool. I get to – I've worked yeah. with on, – on legislature in Salt Lake at yeah. the Capitol. Um House Bill 72, I worked on that with uh, Representative Pulsifer and um, uh, some other amazing people there. And I've been able to travel a lot. You know, I'm speaking 35 times in the next 60 days while doing high school. So it, it's a crazy schedule. That's um, awesome. But yeah, being able to kind of turn everything around and help inspire people and just save the one. And that's what I always think about. In fact, yeah. I, I told you yesterday I was in Cedar City. So I yeah. went down Tuesday night, um, did a pre did a presentation Tuesday night, and then two presentations at the high school, two at the middle school, and a community night. Dang. And after... That'll wear you out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. I had two energy drinks that day. <laughs> yeah. um, and so after one of the high school presentations, the girl... The other cool thing is that a lot of my presentations are student driven. You know, most people who go out and speak, it's like parent driven a lot, especially at schools. But a lot of a lot of these kids like are are involved and they're interested and they want to bring change to their community. And so I've like students like 16, 16, 17, 18 year old kids reaching out and they're organizing these massive assemblies and these community nights. And this girl that had organized it. She, she comes and talks to me after the first assembly and she was like, I just talked to a girl who I've known since the beginning of the year. Um, and she's, she's tried to attempt suicide before, uh, previously. Yeah. And 
she had a plan for Saturday, for this upcoming Saturday. But today she did. She decided that her life was worth living, and it it was just that moment. And it's moments like those Dang, that everything's wow. worth it. You know, yeah. all the all the money, all the resources, all the hard work, all the like, you know, going to bed at one a.m. every single morning because I have to do homework and I have to do all of this stuff, um, and continue to grow this thing. Like all of it just instantaneously becomes worth it. Like, yeah. And there's no value that you can put on that, and it doesn't matter the amount of like disruptive kids in the assembly, like nothing else matters at that point because one person decided that they're going to live. It's um, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't agree more, man, if we can reach one person, I really think you sharing today is going to save someone's life. Honestly. Uh, yeah. I and mean, I really do. And I honestly believe for the, for those of you listening, this is directed towards you, not anyone else. Um, there, y- your life is too precious to waste. And there is a there is a life that is waiting for you. There's untapped potential that is waiting for you to go and grasp it. And that looks different for every single person. You can't compare your potential to anyone else's because the the maximum amount that I can do is going to be different than the maximum the maximum amount that Todd can do. Right. Those potentials are different, but there yeah. is a life waiting for you that that will be beyond your wildest dreams. And not only will you find joy in that, but you'll be able to find sadness. And I think that's what's amazing because you can't have joy without sadness. And um, in fact, I saw this thing the other day and it was like, I don't know what I'm feeling, but I need to feel Mm. like we need all the emotions. Right. And I talked about that. Like for five years, I didn't feel anything. And I wish I could have just felt sadness, but I didn't. I just felt nothing. Yeah. Right. And like there is a life waiting for you for you listeners and that life is worth living for and that life is worth all of the hard work um i don't regret anything in the past yeah in the past four years that i don't have a single regret and that is because like i've just been i've been willing to put in the hard work i've been willing to do everything that i need to do to chase that life yeah um and i know that everyone can find that everyone can find that for Boy. themselves beautifully said smith seriously i Man, that is so beautifully said. I I think a lot of people don't realize that. But I do believe that we are here to go through we go through tough times mm-hmm. to overcome it so we can be in a position to help other people. That's exactly what you're doing and you're giving back now. And look, I mean, I can just feel your passion, dude. You're 18. It blows my mind. Thank you. That this is where your head is at this age. You probably hear that a lot, but I mean, I can only imagine like if you're starting this young, like think about you know, 20 years from now. Yeah. Like, I, well, I want to be a kid forever. So yeah, I, I don't, I, I, me I, too. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that. And you know, one thing that I want to just mention too. Yeah, please. Like what you said. So there's this idea that the hero's journey cycle, right? Uh-huh. And basically the, the ideal and a good story is when someone goes through trials and because of that overcomes them and receives what they wanted right yep. and a bad story is one of two things where someone doesn't go through trials and receives what they want or someone goes through trials and then doesn't get what they want yeah um and the reason why there's these movies and these books that we love is because we see ourselves in it yeah you know when we look when we watch harry potter yeah. yes there's there's you know <laughs> wizards and witches yeah. and dragons and all of this 
unrealistic and fictionist stuff. Yeah. But we see ourselves in, yeah. in those characters. And there's this idea, um, the word evangelium was uh, an early Catholic word that the Catholic priests use basically just to con- confuse the peasants. Um, <laughs> but I think it was J.R. Tolkien. He, he created this new, this, new defi- this new definition, but it can't even be described with words. But it's that moment when, when everything is worth it. It's that moment, you know, in The Lord of the Rings when, when the armies, the seven armies charge each other. And it's just the glorious turning point, right? It's that right. moment yeah. in the seventh Harry Potter when they defeat Voldemort and Harry throws the wand off the bridge and that's the beginning of the new life. Yeah. And what's amazing is that we watch these movies and they all end at that point, right? But we all know that, that that's when the story begins. And so I think a lot mm-hmm. of the times like we watch this and we see we see and we feel ourselves in these movies. But what we don't realize is that you're probably at the point right now where the movie ends. And for that story, that's just the beginning. Yeah, you know, I love that. Wow. So well said. Um, where, I mean, are you a guy that loves to study and research and I mean, you know, a lot. Yeah. I like to, yeah, I like to, <laughs> I like to read. Um, I like, I just like to be knowledgeable. Yeah. And, um, again, I try to live a life where I can think a lot and one of my favorite things and actually the only new year's resolution that I ever, that I ever set down is that I want to be able to spend 30 minutes with myself every day with no distractions, nothing near me. Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to sit there and I want to be able to think and be okay with my thoughts. And so I've always like, I don't like distracting myself. I don't, if I'm bored, I love to be bored because now I'm going to think about life and all of this crazy stuff. Um, but I also like to read and I like to, you know, I like to hear things that are profound. And yeah. So I, I, I chase after that. So no, I, and I can tell. I can tell you're very well spoken. You know, so one of the questions I have going through my mind is now that you're here, how do you handle your social media? And, you know, what are some maybe some tips that you could even share with our listeners? Like, what do you do to make sure you kind of keep it in check? How much time do you spend? What do you try to do to kind of set up these, you know, boundaries that you will follow? Right. Yeah. So for, um, especially uh, during, during the beginning stages of, you know, starting this company and the, the foundation, um, like I wasn't ready to handle all that stuff. So we actually found, um, a lady who's really good at social media and she kind of took control of it. I'd write content and send her pictures and she'd post it and respond it to you. people. Yeah. And all, all through that time, I was working on myself because I want to be able to control it. You know, I want to be able yeah. to have the self-control and I had to work on that. Um, and now I'm at a point where I've realized that that technology, social media, all of this stuff is merely just a tool. And, you know, there's two people in the world and there's the entertainer and the entertainee. And I want to be an entertainer, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be somebody that's sitting yeah. there scrolling. Um, and I want to be able to use these things again as a way to spread light and as a way to help people because they aren't, you know, they aren't, um, social media technology, that stuff. It's not a foundation of my life. It's just a tool. It's a tool to connect people, connect with people to reach more people. Um, and so I really had to have that mindset. And now that that's kind of just ingrained in me, it's like, I don't even want to sit on Instagram and scroll. You know, I'd rather be 
spending time with my sister. I'd rather be um, working on my business, like bettering myself. And I think as I've been able to taste a little more of um, the things that I love and find some more success, like that just grows and grows where I don't want to waste my time. And I've realized that like this life is so short. The last three to four years have just like flown by. Yeah. And it scares the crap out of me. Yeah, wait till you get my age, dude. Yeah. It really flies. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I don't want to. I don't yeah. want to waste a single second. Yeah, I love it. So, um, I well, think just like and to have that perspective at eighteen is rare. I hope. Do you understand that? Yeah, like, and I, it is so rare. Yeah, and that's why. <laughs> that, that's why I try to share this stuff because yeah. I know that I know that my generation, if we all mm-hmm. thought like this, if we all thought yeah. as of technology and all of these things as a tool, if we all understood our p- potential, like we already are going to be the ones that change the world, but it's either for good or for bad. Mm-hmm. And right now it's looking towards the bad. Yeah. Uh, but if we can understand that all of these things are just a tool to be used for good, yeah, then I think that's, what's going to be able to change the world. So th- that's why I want to spread my message. That's why I want to be able to stand in front of thousands of kids and, and inspire them because it's not, it's not me. It's not a single person who can change the world. It has to be everybody. So. Well, I love it. So I want I want to ask you this: If there's someone listening to you right now, particularly a younger kid who is spending, I mean, the clients I deal with who are struggling in high school and junior high, I have them always look up what's your screen time, mm-hmm. and it's mind blowing: yeah. seven hours, eight hours, six and a half hours. What would you say to that kid who is feeling depressed, is down and low, they're spending hours and hours locked into this social media addiction? I mean, it really is an, an addiction. What would you tell them and how, what would they do to start breaking out of that? What's some advice that you could give them? Yeah, so the average the average kid from 12 to 17 spends nine hours a day on, on technology, on screens, and that's without schoolwork. Um, and so nine hours yeah realizing that and understanding that if you are a young listener if you you know the first thing that i'd i'd push you to do is log off long enough to fall on your butt and log off long enough to fail because when you fail you realize that like failing isn't that bad and i think a lot of kids are just scared to fail and they're scared to make a mistake but that's how you learn and that's how you become better yeah and so first know that like you're capable of a lot of things. You're capable of not only failing, but standing up after a fail yeah. and, and then achieving the goal that you wanted. Um, and so I'd push you like do that and, and figure out for yourself who you are and figure out for yourself what you can do because, and especially with parents today, I think this is my biggest problem with parents today is that they're not willing to let their kids fail and they're not yeah. willing, you know, parents push on what they think of as you know if my kids will do this they'll become successful right and it's all out of good intention because they just want their kids to to, to be successful to have a happy life but what we need to do is encourage them to fail and so go out fall on your butt a few times pick yourself back up and through that you'll realize what you can become and then use all the things that we've been given use your your natural um your natural knack for technology and for social media, use that for good because that can be used as a tool. Figure out what you're passionate about and go and get it. Um, find people who can help you. Um, find people who need your help 
and be willing to serve those people. Be willing to do the hard work. Life's not easy. Nothing, nothing yeah. that was worth working for was easy. Yeah. Um, and so I think when you can realize that, when you can understand, like, no matter what situation you're in right now, there's something more waiting for you. I love it. Very well said. Great advice. What's a challenge you could give all our listeners right now? I know you've given some stuff already, but give us a challenge. Like, let's for all of us, including myself on social media, what's a challenge that we could all maybe take on? What would you give us? Yeah, I mean, for social media, I challenge you to go and look through the people that you follow and ask yourself, does this person lift me up? Um, does this person mm-hmm. better me? So for me, you know, okay. I have almost two and a half thousand followers on it on Instagram. I only follow 120 people. Um, okay. And for me, like that just not only limits the time that I spend, but the only people that I follow are my family. Um, and I follow people that I, I use their stuff and I repost yeah. their content. Um, and so go on and ask yourself, does this person make me happy? And if they don't unfollow them, yeah. if you find yourself being like, Oh, why does this person post this? Unfollow that person. Um, remove the toxicity from social media okay. so that you can create uh, an uplifting place to be. Cause for me, like I, the time that I do spend on my Instagram, it's all uplifting. It's all people talking about addiction, recovery and mental health yeah. awareness and all this stuff. It's a good place to be for me. Um, yeah. Of course I still don't like spending a lot of time on it, but <laughs> it is a, a fairly, but when you're there, yeah, you want to make sure it's uplifting. Yeah. And so go and like just weed out, weed out your, um, the people that you follow. The other thing that I challenge you outside of social media to do is ask yourself, where do you want to be in 20 years? And when you ask that, and this is called back planning and I love doing this, mm-hmm. you figure out through that what you need to do every single day. And every single, every single time, if you ask yourself that question, it won't be spending a lot of time on social media. Right. Like you won't be like, okay, if I can spend three hours on social media every single day, <laughs> I can, I can achieve my right. Day. Um, yeah. <laughs> so ask yourself those kinds of questions and then be willing to take those little steps uh, every single day to get to where you want to be in the future. Wow. Love it. And I think that's great advice. You know, I had a friend who was going through all of her followers or who she was following doing what you just said. I don't even know this person. I don't even know why I follow him. I'm going to unfollow, right. you know, again, like cleaning it up. And yeah. I love that. I love that advice. Well, man, you, you've said some, some amazing things today. If someone wants to use your services and they want to know about your foundation and this and that, what's the best way to do that? And what's the website and that kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, so um, you can follow me on social. My nonprofit social is at live.life.bigger. We also have a Facebook page um, at Live Life Bigger Foundation. Um, and then our website is www.livelifebigger.org. Uh, as far as my company goes, our company tag on Instagram is uh, at Protect Strong, and it's P R O T E C H T um, S T R O N G Protect Strong because we're pro tech um, as well as protecting the home. So there's okay. that, and then you can find us at www.protectstrong.com, spelled the same way. I love it. It's amazing, dude, folks. He's 18. You hearing this? I mean, the guy's so well spoken. I mean, I'm sitting here going, "Who am I?" <laughs> I'm impressed, dude. I really Thank am. You. And again, I'm so grateful that people have reached out to me saying, "Dude, you got to have Smith on your, on your belief cast." And uh, I'm so grateful that I listened to him. I, I am too. You know, I, I am really too. am. And I just love what you're doing. I love the way you carry yourself. 
I think what you're doing um, is m- probably the most single most needed thing right now, especially for our young people. Thank you. I really do. And I think that's why you're blowing up. And I do believe Colin is very proud of you right now, Thank dude. You. That, that means a lot. You know, and you know, rest in peace, Colin. Mm-hmm. Props to him. He, I really admired him too with what he was doing, and to see you kind of again picking up the torch, so to speak, Thank you. and doing what you're doing. I just think it's so needed, and uh, no wonder you're so busy, and everyone wants to have a piece of Smith Alley, right? <laughs> thank you. I, I, yeah, I appreciate that. Well, I, I can't thank you enough for taking some time today and share your story with us. I hope people will reach out to you. I think they will. We're, this is going to hit a lot of people. Of and there's a lot of uh, moms that are listening to this right now. Moms, listen to this. Go follow Smith Alley. Sit down with your family. Start coming up with some guidelines around social media. If you need help, reach out to Smith and use use his services. Yeah. Have him come into your home. Yeah. You know, whether it's virtually or if he actually does it in person. Mm-hmm. But, you know, use his services and get some guidelines and some help. Well, yeah. and Right? Well, yeah. One thing that I just want to touch on that. Please. Uh, we talk a lot about <laughs> proactive parenting. And a lot of parents are like, oh, we don't need this. That's not for us. Like, we love what you're doing, but we don't yeah, need that Yeah, it's great, right but. Yeah. What, what I want to tell you is that this is not uh, an if. This is a when problem. Yeah. Um, and most likely it is a now problem. Most likely, if you have kids, the average exposure for pornography nowadays can be seen as young as seven years old. Um, that's the lowest study that I've read. That's and so blowing. if you have a kid who's seven years or, or older, it's probably a now problem. Be proactive about it. Be willing to say, okay, this is probably my kid that's struggling with this. And when you can put in those those safety precautions and those things before, you can yeah. save a lot of heartbreak. You can save a lot of um, resources and all, all of these things. So, yeah. um, you know, be proactive, be willing to reach out. If you want to reach out and just ask what you need to do, um, to have a safer home and a, and a more digitally healthy home. I love to help anybody that I can. Um, yeah. and then lastly, I, again, like towards the young listeners, because I think the power's in your hands. Like, I just want to let everybody know that you are enough. And if you can't find something beautiful about yourself, get a better mirror and look a little closer and like <laughs> right. stare a little longer. Yeah. Wow. So well said, my friend. And uh, you really do inspire me. And I know I can be better um, in those areas too. I'll be honest with you. And so I thank you for inspiring me. I'm over here taking mental notes. I've been written down. It's <laughs> yeah. like, okay, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. And so I, I'm so grateful we have you um, and that you're so passionate about helping other people. And I think that's the other message too is, it doesn't matter how old you are. I mean, dude, you started really kind of doing this at 16, 17, and here you are 18 doing all this amazing stuff. I can't wait to see where you're going with this. Thank you. You know? Thank so, you. Thank you for your time today. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Well, there you go, folks, man. Smith Alley. What a cool name, but what a cool person, and what a great person. Please reach out to him. Check out his stuff. Go to his website. Um, it'll have all how, uh, excuse me, I'll have all that in the show notes, uh, so you'll be able to link to it. But please reach out to him. And again, if, like he said, it's a now problem. You know, no one, and what stood out to me, one of the things he said is, you know, you don't give your kid an iPad going, well, I hope they get an eating disorder. I hope they get a pornography addiction. We don't, they don't think of it that way. But man, it is an issue and it needs to be addressed. So Smith, 
Keep inspiring everybody. Keep doing what you're doing. Anything I can do to help you further this cause. Obviously, I have you on today, but if I can do anything in the future for you, thank you. I, I'm, I'm, I'd be honored to do it. Thank you. Okay. All right, guys. I love you guys. And please share this with anyone that you can. Uh, subscribe. Do a review. That would be really helpful. Love you guys. Till next time.